Hi everyone and welcome to Marvelous Podcast. This week we are going to be talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It is not called Doctor Strange 2 and he is not and the Multiverse of Madness, he, he is within said multiverse. I'm joined as ever by Laura. Hello. And by Abby. Hello. Uh, we've had to revisit this, it has been a little while since it came out, so we've been reviewing and recapping and, and renewing our thoughts on it. So Abby, what did you think of this film? Hated it. Ooh. As a as a how many out of ten? Two. Oh wow. My God. Wow, okay. that's a actively turn people away from it rather than It is. Mm. Okay. Ah, very interesting. I will I will say this is not it's a complicated review and I have a lot to say. Okay. But my problem is all encompassing. There are lots of great things and lots of good scenes and lots of good bits. But mm-hmm. overall, no. Okay. <laughs> Laura, what did you think of it? Uh, that's also complicated. I thought it was an enjoyable, messy roller coaster. Hmm. Um, I did like seeing the MCU trying something different with the, the horror mm-hmm. angle. Um, and I really hope no one took small children to see this, but I haven't checked it out first because, <laughs> wow. Um, but I felt that there was there was too much action for me, too much CGI, mm-hmm. um, just all a bit too busy. And I absolutely agree with Abby that there are, well, agree with Abby, some of what Abby said <laughs> with, with the case that there are some bits which are, I think were great. Mm-hmm. Um but it just was too messy. I, I literally went to the cinema, came out, turned around and went back in again because I really, I think we were planning on podcasting a bit closer to its release. <laughs> we were. And I just thought, I I was just overwhelmed and I, just, I, I don't really remember what happened in that film I just sat down okay. and watched. So, um, so yeah. And, and I'm still even not sure what I think of some, some bits of it and how it's treated. So I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. Hmm. How about you? Okay. I really enjoyed it coming out of the cinema. This mm-hmm. was a very enjoyable fantasy adventure romp. Um, as the days and time has gone on since watching it, I have liked it less and less and less and less. And, and particularly thinking about it for this discussion and some of the stuff we're going to say and you know what did I actually think of it, it I got more and more annoyed with some Ooh. of what it does. Um, and, and I think detaching... The spectacle of it and the, the, you know, putting cinematic adventure on screen in front of me, which is the reason to go to the cinema, not just to podcast about it. You can go and just enjoy the film. Um, but the, <laughs> well, exactly. It's hard to remember sometimes. It's not about the review afterwards. Um, you know, separating it from that and saying, okay, if I'm not watching interesting zombie stuff happen on screen or something, what do I actually think? And I actually think I'm generally very annoyed by it. And then I listened to a podcast where the writer went through the script and talked about what he did and why he wrote certain things and changes that happened. And I'm more annoyed at how at some of the writing choices. And I think a lot of my annoyance has come down to things like the writing choices for it. Because mm. I think performance-wise, very good. But were they doing what I'd like to see them doing? Maybe not. You'll be delighted to know that I've fixed this film mentally. Um, okay. Uh, uh, almost immediately, in fact, because there's a much better, much more obvious storyline that they could have done if they really wanted to. Mm. I don't understand why they didn't. Um, it might have been a shorter film, but I think it would have <laughs> just been a joy. 
And we could have, we could have, you know. How would you fix it, Abby? Right. Squander Vision would be a significantly better film if Scarlet Witch says, oh no, I'm sad. For some reason, I would like to be in a universe with my children. That would that would be nice. That's uh-huh. all I want in life and I'm willing to go to all ends to get it. And then when America arrives, America, who has two mums and thinks that this is a lovely thing and misses her mums and would like to find them, and she has that big search right, yeah, arc, which yeah. frankly could be the bulk of this film instead. Because looking for your mums in the multiverse is a storyline I would like to watch. Um, she sees a chance to bestow upon these fictional mm-hmm. children two mums, you know, Wanda and her twin sister, Wanda, could parent the twin fictional children in the multiverse over there safely, <laughs> happily, no more trauma, everything is nice. She can do that. She would do that because she thinks that's nice. I mean, slightly different. Set up, but <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> everyone can be happy because it looks like you know, mm-hmm. five, three, eight, or whichever. I don't know. Eight, three, eight. Oh, I've forgotten the numbers. Whichever number wonder it was looked like you know she was she was busy. She would have appreciated the help. It would have been nice, and they could have lived happily ever after over there. Because apparently you can't have vision anywhere. Because even though we had like the whole thing about Wonder Vision, where Wonder made an entire like TV show just to be with Vision, not the children who were a complete surprise. Like Deliveroo just turned up and said, "Oh, here's some kids." Like she was just very <laughs> surprised that there were children. That was not why she made an entire TV show and shifted reality and just she could have just lived happily ever after over there. And if her living over there is so bad. Then, like, why is it funny when Doctor Strange creates this same hole in the whatever that is so bad? Why? Why do we have to make Wanda some kind of squalling, my boys, my boys? Why did I have to have that for two and a half hours? It's literally not who she is. (laughs) Why? And even if she did have to have that, we could have fixed it in a second. In the plot that they made. It's a very short film. Yeah, but then we could go looking for her mums, who are still missing, by the way. Mm. Yeah, I think and that's that would be a better film. At some point in the future, I don't understand why. I don't even know what happens to Wanda at the end. I just kind of some stuff, some rocks fell on She's her. Like dead. Yeah, is she though? Because oh, no, some rocks fell dead. on her, and I don't yeah. know if anyone's noticed, but she's quite powerful. You can't just drop things on powerful people. We'll come back to that point. That's not how it works. Anyway. You asked for a brief summary. <laughs> I could do this all day. I've been doing it since I, I said. I mean, I wish I'd recorded. I wish I'd recorded P and O when we came out of the cinema. Uh, we had like an hour's walk home, and the fury. Oh God, I'm so angry. Yeah, next time, if that happens, we need the recording of that, mm-hmm. and we'll put it on as a just raw extra. <laughs> I'm just so. Just, just what a criminal waste. And the worst thing is that it is so self-aware of it by mistake because it even has the thing about, oh, I'm the bad guy because I do the thing and the film and, goes and, and bloody doubles down on it. Yeah. yeah. You had thoughts already. Yeah, where, where you, what, that is where I have ended up in thinking about it. I can, I can put it up against, but it was an enjoyable film and it is the film we got and that's obviously what we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, but it is, it is the biggest frustration that... Wanda's been used badly in every film that Wanda's been in. And 
I would argue, I know, I know I might not, we might not all say this, but I think the ending of one division sort of loses it a bit and just becomes a CG battle anyway. Um, and then, and then delivers a little bit of catharsis for her and, and dealing with what happened. But, and even in this, we then have that same thing that she's completely misused. And it's, I don't, I don't like that it's old, just the dark hole took her over and gave her womb madness, something on those lines. Um, mm. compared to, again, the, the quality of the story enough. that we had before, exactly. And in a world where we get to enjoy Peter Parker having all these different mentors and teaching him different things, and no one goes and sees Wanda. Wanda says, oh, I thought you'd come and talk to me at some point. Yeah, we thought that in the credit sequence of your series, and it was planned to right? have happened, and they decided to change it, and it's weird that he didn't, and at some point someone didn't go, hey, perhaps we should have a, you know bit of a reconciliation and dealing with this stuff. Mm. Yeah. That's a lot to take. <laughs> I can keep going if you need some time. I know. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know how much I care. <laughs> Which I know is a dangerous thing to say. I am far less engaged in the MCU films than I am in the TV. Oh, interesting. That is interesting. So this was, to me, this was, like I said, that kind of fun rollercoaster, but over the top, but it was enjoyable. And I have, I've listened to, because we've had a bit of time now since seeing the film first, I've listened to lots of podcasts and read stuff, and there has been, you know, this ongoing argument about Wonder, and I don't know where I sit on it. Um... I agree. I do think there's some things that could have been done better. I think if you didn't see WandaVision, I think you'd be completely confused as to what the hell is going on. See, I was going to ask mm. if you thought that was a, a problem because it, it's Doctor Strange. It doesn't, if it was Wanda, In the multiverse you'd expect yeah. that you might have mm. needed to see it, but it's not. Uh, yeah, if you think you go from the end of Endgame while she's having the conversation with um, Clint about you know, Vision having died, looking out the lake and what have you, and then suddenly she's like this evil witch. They they um, do reference so WandaVision, so they are expecting they you do. to have somehow found out what the events were, whether you watched it or not. Yeah, yeah. And but that's the point, isn't it? it? Disney Plus is not free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and it's that is a you know it is an, an access yeah. level mm-hmm. of its own, and I think that that's a strange choice mm. to fold it in so much and. Okay. Does that mean that all the series fold in this much? We can no. only hope. We hmm. will see. So, I mean, it does seem just, like they will. Just sticking <laughs> on on <laughs> Wonder. So yeah, so I have thought about you know, the whole, um, you know, fatherhood is hero- seems to be represented quite often as heroic, and then motherhood seems to be represented as well. You're going to lose your mind. Um, and the the you know, hysterical woman trope and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then how, how as you were saying, how it does actually tie into the end of WandaVision. I mean, you know, I loved WandaVision and I wasn't too bothered about all the the battle at the end. But I did feel it kind of let her off mm-hmm. quite easy mm-hmm. for everything that happened. Um, so then that, that post-credit scene then where it does show her using the Darkhold, this feels like quite a natural progression. I wasn't at all surprised that she was the villain in this. And I've... I, avoided all the trailers and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I just assumed that's where we were going from the I, end I assumed of, that of too. Yeah. I did. So 
I didn't, I suppose the things I didn't love the writing, but I also didn't hate it. Um, and I think Olsen just does such an amazing performance with her, both as uh, the 838 Wanda puppet mm-hmm. um, and when she's not a puppet and, and then our Wanda. Um, and I did quite like the way it was resolved in the end. As you say, you can't get rid of her by dropping a building on her. Um, and so the way that it was resolved in the end, that, you know, it was this, it was, I think it was the perfect thing, putting her in front of her, her children and, and her realizing she's the monster. Um, and all of the stuff that they did with her around the, um, do you know what? I am being reasonable here. And, and look at the big um, statue behind me. I'm, I'm, my destiny is to either rule this universe or destroy it. And all I actually want is my kids and this woman's powers, not, not girl. The, this being's powers um, to keep them safe in the future. I, I thought that was interesting, um, but yeah, I don't. I just don't think I have particularly strong feelings on it. Definitely not as strong as yours. I, I just think it's strange that she becomes that mother trope. I just it's so much um, of the entirety of of who she is in this. Vision doesn't get a look in. That and is we bizarre. had. Yeah, from a story viewpoint, I think from a whole That's MCU, I mean. they're holding yeah. back White Vision for something. Fine, but and the fact that the not being a Vision in the eight three eight makes sense because Ultron worked. So yeah, know, we assume Ultron worked because of the Ultron bots. Uh, so then you wouldn't get a Vision. No, but for when then they're showing the, you know, they have various um, universes, don't they? And he's never in any of them. Hmm. And you needed a it's line, a you needed something mm. you, I don't know, uh, fine if they, they couldn't get, I'm assuming it wasn't they couldn't get him back but or um, if for some reason they're holding him back for Armour Wars or whatever the hell it's called it, it really jumped out mm-hmm. that what is, as, exactly as you were saying Abby you know, she went through all of this for Vision and then even the end of WandaVision where we have the we've said goodbye before so it stands to reason mm. we'll say hello again I butchered that but mm. Then, then again, that's what you're setting up here. Um, so yeah, I did. And that if really she weird. could walk in any of these universes, why this one? Yeah. Why this one? And I would like, as as you say, the the she's the monster all along. I would like that if that wasn't also the end of Wonder Vision, mm. where she sees and when she sees what she's doing to everyone in Wonder Vision, she is distraught and she is hurt. So I don't buy that when someone says. Oh, would you kill a child? And she's like, oh, the book made her do it. Because, you know, it's like the ring and it just it makes you really like mm-hmm. laser focused on a thing. And you go, that would be great if it wasn't like a massive demeaning mm. trope. Yeah, it, it, it destroys any character development that mm-hmm. we might have mm. assumed we got. Because I don't think WandaVision showed us that we got that, that character development from her because she just did seem to be led off so easily mm-hmm. okay. at the end. And yeah, the, the it fact... left us in an interesting place where you could have done anything and they chose to do mm. less than nothing. I would say that I know Elizabeth Olsen apparently contributed a lot to all of these things and to Wanda, and I simply can't imagine... What it was like before. Yeah. Well, part, part of me thinks, you know, sometimes when um, when you're so steeped in making something, you know, she talks about how she, she made WandaVision and this very close together... Mm. And we didn't see them very close mm-hmm. together. So I imagine it felt like a much more complete... What I'm saying, I think, is I don't blame mm-hmm. her. 
And I don't think it's Elizabeth Olsen's fault that this cut mm -hmm. of this film is as objectionable as I find it. I believe that she has so much more to wonder. I know that she does. She talks with such passion and such energy about all of these things that are not in the film. That we don't mm -hmm. see those things that she talks about and that character and that roundness. It's not there. That's not her fault. I, I will completely agree with you because I think the performances in this are, are great across the board. I really liked everyone. I liked a lot of what it did um, to, to give us sort of character moments and things. But I, mm. I, I do think it's absolutely on the writing because, you know, I'm not as vehement on the, um, the, the one to take, but I am also very annoyed at it. But at the same time, I'm annoyed at the Doctor Strange take and stuff in it because this isn't really a Doctor Strange film. He, yeah. He's there and is important to it in the same way you would say Tony Stark was important to that Captain America film. Um, mm. and, and some of this is, is going beyond what was on screen because but I, I was sort of annoyed at some of the stuff that we were, we were getting during it. And then the writer actually said that he went back and looked at everything they did for the first film. And obviously the Ancient One tells him, um, it's not about you, you can't always win. You know, sometimes you need to accept that you're going to lose. And he learns that lesson and he loses a, a, an infinite number of times and eventually that doesn't come out. And the writer said, but then after that we saw that he was Sorcerer Supreme and he was dealing with Thor and he was dealing with Loki and he gives up the time stone knowing there's only one and he helps Tony appreciate there's only one way out of this and they do win and he does all come on top. So I felt we needed to show him that lesson again and really see what happens if he loses. I'm like, yeah, no, you didn't. You could have come up with something new. Rather than just the story of the first film. Because it was annoying that, that his lesson at the end is he had to trust in America and for someone else to do it. It's like that's that's literally what Tilda Swinton tells him in the first film. And uh, we have the same beat and point here, which could have come way earlier. Or could have been something different. And could have been something different about let's go on a multiverse hopping thing with Wanda to find I, I like your idea Abby you know what if we have two of us in a world of infinite universes one of them presumably Wanda isn't around anymore for the kids yeah right you know, but surely there must be at least one of those let's let's match up these two things mm. <gasps> jobs mm. are good and let's have it let's have it doing that and they're visiting different places to try to find the one where Wanda can be happy because she's tearing apart the earth or something. You know, you know, even go down the thing that she's becoming a villain. Let's recognise that she has actual mm. trauma, real enormous trauma from multiple things stemming from her childhood, which we use all the time to make a cinematic mm -hmm. point, but don't actually engage with as as something that she can progress away from yeah. and, and no, you know, all, all we have to have is have her no, None of the Avengers that. are showing up to give her pep talks and help her through therapy and things. It's, they take know, her off the yeah, lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> For goodness sake, what about her royalties? It's no wonder she's living in a hut with a really old book. <laughs> what are you going to do? And I have a real problem with that. And I understand there are the, the practicalities of things, but you can always have a line somewhere saying about, you know, when Clint visited or, mm -hmm. or something. Because I just, they want us to, and we have bought into this idea of this connected mm -hmm. universe. And, and I know now that there's bits like Moon Knight was quite self-contained, was entirely self-contained and, and what have you. But 
I, I find it incredibly frustrating to just think then they aren't the superheroes I thought mm-hmm. they were. Do you know if they're and, and particularly Strange or Wong or somebody from Kamataj mm. not going and checking out after what she did? Oh well, you closed it down, so that's okay. So we didn't bother yeah. looking into it. Oh, we've been a bit yeah. busy. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I'm, I'm pleased we didn't get Strange at the end of WandaVision because of that whole thing. You know, then a, mm. a man mm. coming to clean up her mess. But I think there needed to have been. It could have been as simple as them being a comment of a. You know, he's he has been to see her previously, you know, when I was here last yeah. time. Yeah. You know, anything. Oh, you don't think it's because we've lost Scarlet Widow and they couldn't imagine a man caring sufficiently to char- to travel. That that is, you do mean Scarlet Johansson stroke Black Widow, not Scarlet Widow. I was thinking Scarlet yeah, I don't know Widow. what I said. Scarlet <laughs> Widow is a good one. <laughs> I was thinking Scarlet Scarlet, Scarlet Widow, Widow. Black Johansson. Oh, I, I don't know how that would work. Oh, I've had a really long three weeks. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Black I, Widow. I, you don't think it's because I Black do, Widow's I not do with us anymore, and they couldn't a, imagine a man a making a trip. slight take that this was written by a man and directed by a man, and and one of the things that made One Division good think? was I think they sort of got it more because yeah, you know. I, I will give them a bit of credit because I know you know other stuff they've done has done it better, but at the same time, Sam Raimi in the past has done it worse. So. <sighs> Mm. And I, I do want to talk about Sam Raimi and the things that are good. I, I don't want to be like everything about this is dire because Sam Raimi, because that's not at all the point I want to make. There, there are no, it's all Michael Walton who wrote that. it. Clearly. Hi, Mike. Come well, on for an interview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the direction, yeah, the direction has great points for me. The writing, much less so, and the structure, and the. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Um, Baldwin in an interview said that as far as he's concerned, the she isn't dead. No, yeah, yeah. You can't if just you drop don't see the body on her, the, or, or them. Well, I, I don't think light. anyone else could just drop some rocks on her. I think her dropping rocks on herself. <laughs> I think there could be something there. You know, if she's mm-hmm. using her own power against herself, mm-hmm. then yeah, I could see that working. No, there's no body. Yeah, but if she was using her own power against herself, that would be interesting, and that should be the. Point, and this is not the point. I, I think that is the other thing. Is it's it's so like okay, but it's time to move on now. Time to move on from that. That's she's very complicated. Mm. We'll just move on. She's under some rock. She's there now. You know that. Let's move away. You'll I, forget soon. I Charlie's think, Theron is coming. I think it's a little more than that because it, it very much ties into what a strange says at the beginning when he again too easily dismisses what she did in Westview and WandaVision he says but you you did the right thing in the end you you know then that's what makes you a hero and so we're calling back to that that she did the right thing in the end with the uh, with destroying the dark hold in in all of the Mm. different universes are we saying that the right thing was for her to essentially top herself no I said about the dark hold okay I'm not here defending Michael Waldron. I'm just trying to give us a slightly different voice. No, I'm interested. I am genuinely... I I think that you make good points. And I think that any of these things, if I felt that I had seen them, I would have liked. Yeah, well. (laughs) I like your... You know, they should just let us do this. 
With um, one of the things that I did like with the characterization, it was interesting you were talking about Doctor Strange just moving off of Wanda. Mm. Um, I agree with everything you said. But what I did like is the way that they have softened this character a bit more. Mm. So he's still douchey, but he's sort of in a gentler douchey space, if that makes I've sense. I've gone away from the bro thing. Like yeah. his He's not he's not a snarky. Hmm. Yeah. I, I liked how he was with Christine. I particularly liked how he was mm-hmm. with, with Christine in, in the multiverse. Yeah. Particularly. I, I liked the gentleness of, of that and the sort of reflective like it felt like there was more going on inside. And again, I think that kind of writing really brings a lot out of Cumberbatch. Yeah, absolutely. So, do that. so I think it yeah, it felt like he was given more to do it as an mm-hmm. actor emotionally. Mm. Um, and what they started with Spider-Man No Way Home with him being more this kind of, not father figure, but, mm, you know, kind of mental. parental uh, mental element that then you saw at the end with, um, with America. Mm. Well, that's interesting. I mean, let's, let's maybe start at the beginning with Doctor Strange and America. And, the, I mean, massive Doctor Who and companion vibes, mm-hmm. I felt, <laughs> from that opening sequence. Yes, yes, the opening sequence, yes. But I, I didn't feel like that really went anywhere much. And, and when you circle back, I, I felt like they'd barely spoken. I could be wrong and I may have missed some things, but it, it didn't land as much. But I like the opening conceptually. Given how much America is in this film, I really don't feel I know a lot about America. She's got so, two mums. Yes, which is great. She and can move between the multiverse. Good. Um, and she likes I think you're demonstrating how much we don't know if those are the key yeah. things you can tell me about this character. I've given three facts about about this young female character. She was on screen for the majority of the mm-hmm. film, just doing a lot of reacting and screaming. Pizza balls, though, she loves them. Okay, the, the bit that I do like, which ties into the character of America, is, is you were saying about the, cap, the Doctor and Companion vibes from that opening. I mm. like that actually for chunks of the film, Doctor Strange is the audience surrogate having to learn about the multiverse and how things work. And she's explaining to him and the differences and, and what you should think about and the rules and so on. It, it's quite nice. But again, it means it's not necessarily a Doctor Strange film. If he's the audience person, unless he's a chosen one type trip being taken to a magical wizarding world or something. But the the speed with which he then takes over and says, right, well, we need to keep finding me in every universe because that's how we fix it. Again, it goes back to my problem with he's learned this lesson and we've seen that he's learned this lesson. And I think this is the lesson he then learned in Spider-Man. You've reminded me of that, of course, is that he can't always fix it. And right. um, I also like that, that Christine gets to explain. People explain things to Doctor yes. Strange, and I think that that's... I, I slightly feel like that's the note. Women like it when they get to explain the things. Again, I, I wish I didn't quite keep bringing it back to sort of the whiteboard version mm. of the script, because mm. <laughs> I'm annoying myself, but it does feel like that. Bit. But also, again, the acting is really mm-hmm. strong. And again, um, multiple versions of Christine. I, More Rachel McAdams is always good, and yeah. she does good in yes. those roles. Absolutely, she actually has something to do. Mm. In this uh, absolutely, and she's mm. she's good in that. And, it, and it, it was a nice way to include it. It could have been anyone. It could, you know, in in a, a film of cameos, it could have been any cameo of any character that we wanted to. It could have been an early Tatiana Maslany appearance or something. You know, mm. all this sort of thing. That was a good inclusion for her, and and the idea of 
him meeting different versions of her and dealing with it almost as a breakup and coming to that, the, the sort of high fidelity realization of am I happy and what should I be looking for and what should I be doing and so on. The, the characterization was pretty good. And that side. Yeah. Which, which is like in the writing. Gave... Sorry, we'll give him credit there. Sorry. That they gave the time of this film for him to get over mm. her, because obviously he needs to move on from her because they're not. They've decided they're not taking her forward as a main mm-hmm. character, um, and that could have very easily been done, off, you know, between films off screen. Um, but this felt as if you know he really was, much as he's learned the lesson previously, he really was learning his lesson um, this mm. time. And I think the way that the, I think the way that the film taught him that lesson, if we ignore the fact that he's learnt it a number of times, I think was was hmm. good. To have uh, to have Chibato Iji4 in there as well, um, and again, sort of inverting the character slightly from what we expected, but then going back to actually he is now the antagonist. It is hmm. good. It's nice. I'm happy to include Wardo. I like the character. I like the actor. I like the, the inclusion of that. It's weird. This is going to be slightly nitpicky, if I haven't been already. But the thing of, you know, you hated me in that other world, that other universe, and you hunted me, and you made it your life's mission to hunt me, and so on. We've not seen that. No. No, we just had that teaser. You know, we we were set up to expect a Doctor Strange 2 that has, you know, a, a very different Wardo and a very different track with that character. And I was ready for that film. Mm. I was excited. For that film, and I, I'm almost more annoyed to have that dispensed with by this. It's like when you make the decision that you're going to play, you're not just going to play with these toys, but you're going to actively yeah, yeah, break yeah. the mm. other ones so that yeah. other children mm. can't play with them. And I think that's rude. Yeah, I, I, I'm perfectly happy with the fact that we got a different Mordo, but exactly as you say, they didn't need to say that. It was a complete throwaway line. Of something that we could then see in the future, and unless um, Edge Four has said, "I am never yeah, ever yeah. going to be in one of these films or <laughs> yeah. TV programs ever again," this is the last. Unless you're he said, get "I'm available now," mm. and that's it. Yeah. But let me fix the story for you. If you hadn't had that broken line, then you could have him have learnt something about that character from this multiverse, which enables him to unlock the issues and yep. save the day in the future film. Yep, absolutely. And just thread mm-hmm. the needle, guys. Absolutely. Um. On Strange, they only touched on it. I would like them to do more with it. But this idea of him dealing with the consequences of his decision in Infinity War, mm-hmm. there's the conversation that they have at the wedding mm-hmm. um, with Chris? The other dog. Michael Stolberg. Yeah. What's he called? I can't s- Nick. Nick. Nick West. Yeah, because I've got in my notes, how the hell did he get a with credit? <laughs> What is his agent doing? Anyway, yeah, so, and I thought, oh, that's really interesting because we don't often get as many consequences as we should have yeah. in these films. And I thought, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was the hero and then they saved everybody, but there's real consequences to that. Could it have been a different way and what have you? But I thought they shut that down too. They quickly. turned it into a joke of actually, actually, no, you yeah. don't question the decision because the decision came right in the end. Mm. Yeah. In in the same way, you know, you you saying consequences it instantly makes me think um, Sokovia, and that great piece about the kid mm. who went overseas to Sokovia, which which sort of kicks off civil war, um, and yeah. some of that 
but nothing ever comes of that. In the end, the Sokovia Accords appear to not be anything, and governmental control of the Avengers doesn't seem to be anything. Although we don't yet... Well, we don't really have... We don't know much about S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, there's a lot of powered people. So. Yeah, I don't think we have S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. Not S.H.I.E.L.D., Sword. Mm. Sword. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. All of which is circling around a, a mid-film sequence, which I think is what they wanted this film to be about. Him meeting the thing that I now can't remember the name of. The Illuminati. I thought, I thought you were leading us so that we could chime in with it when you looked like that. The Illuminati. Dot, 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 Illuminati. Yeah. Some of which was in the trailer. I'm so pleased. I did not watch any of these trailers and managed to avoid mm. all these trailers. And other than finding out literally the day before I went to see the film, I accidentally saw a tweet about Captain Carter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and she was on the She's poster. on the poster. That's how, that's how I saw about her. Which I'd managed to avoid yeah. mm -hmm. all of that. Um, so I was like, kind of, oh my God, this is really... Aside from how it works in the story, but just as a general fan service. When I heard Professor X's voice, I was like... Right? <gasps> no one else in the cinema reacted at all. <laughs> right, what is going on here? And then I went back and watched the trailer. I'm like, you put his voice in the trailer? Mm -hmm. Why? Just mm. brutal, isn't it? Because, one, spoil it for anyone who didn't want to know. And two, then what he actually does, I mean, there's some cool bits to what he does, but, you know, he's, it's it's such a small mm. thing, you know, versus you think uh, Professor X and, and Patrick Stewart is coming mm -hmm. into the MCU, that then you're probably disappointing a lot of the people who saw the trailer. So, uh, And I think some of that, if, I'm, if I've got my Marvel hat on and thinking, you know, what, what if I'm Kevin Feige making these decisions? I think it's because John Krasinski was the big re secret reveal. Um, yeah. Because really? fans have wanted him to do that for a very long time. And, and even just having a Mr. Fantastic in there is, is quite a thing. Because they've never done... Because Professor X... Who's had a lot of films... <laughs> And had a lot of time and had a lot of, lot of stuff. And Patrick Stewart, who we know very, very well. This is a new person, new character that has never been done well on film yeah. in a series that we never expected him to actually rock up in. But also, I th I do agree with you, Abby. But also, when I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, right, so who from this might come... Who might come and be cast in, in the 616 in those roles? I at no point thought that we would get Patrick Stewart as Professor X in the 616. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any no, sense. No, but I, I think I Whereas see Patrick Stewart as a treat. Yeah, yeah, but if Pat Patrick about... Stewart is is the catnip. Okay, and I, you know, I mean, I, again, I just, I'm so cynical about these things. But honestly, I'm afraid it's just metrics, mm -hmm. isn't it? Because it's like it, people say, how many? I need to know how many clicks we've got, as if that was meaningful data. That's all it is. You know, were we trending? What nations were we trending in? How long were we trending for? It is just metrics and rubbish. And I believe that that is why they put these things in the trailer. And I, I don't know how much that actively translates into things. I just think it's what certain people in suits think translates into things, and they feel they've got some money back for their budget for some reason because something, hmm. and and. Yeah, I, I think it's all a bit of a shame, really. But um, but so what? I I think it's wonderful. What do we think about the Illuminati scene or scenes section? So many thoughts. Where to start? It, I would like to briefly touch on the other members of the the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. So there's those two that we Please were particularly do. excited about. There was Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. 
I, I would I would suggest that there were other people I was more excited about. And I'm running through them. So, I'm, yep. So yes. there was Hayley Atwell as Peggy Carter. Yeah. Nice to see. Looks exactly like the drawing. <laughs> right? It's, I said, like it's so it's much. Like I, could, I mean, I could hardly believe that she wasn't animated. I just, what a great. Are you being what sarcastic? if that was? No, being okay. absolutely serious. I thought she just looked so much like her drawing. Do you think, like, it was, like I just, I really remembered that episode of, of what, this, if. what if for the animation to. I feel like it must have been tandem created because it it must have been again thinking about and talking about making this at the same time as Wonder Vision, and we know that. What if was in development? I think that it must have been a conversation. Yeah. It's, the reason I ask you being sarcastic is because one of my disappointments was that to me she didn't look particularly bulky, and that was one thing they did. Oh yeah, do. but they never do that. And that do is one they? thing that they I mean, did do in the cartoon, mm-hmm. and they could have done yeah. particularly given how little she's on mm-hmm. screen. Really, you know, they they could have done this with. It's not they had to do it for an entire film or anything. I mean, I what what are your choices for that? You're going to put her in a in a some sort of bulk suit, or you're going to make Haley Atwell eat and work out for eighteen months? Well, they can create. Well, a they home, made a Mark Ruffalo look like yeah. <laughs> they can beef her up for. But I don't want to see okay, artificial see. Mm-hmm. beefing, mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a conversation okay. we're going to have down the road. Okay. I prefer <laughs> artificial beefing to she somehow mm. doing all of this without. I mean, I assume she must have got the soldier serum that they got in Falcon and Winter Soldier that doesn't give you muscles; it just gives you strength. Maybe, maybe. But like, if if you if you look at you know, um, oh my God, how could I possibly have forgotten his name? <laughs> the Chris man, Evans. The you know, man. The, man. Um, the, the Captain Chris Carter Evans. is 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 yeah. the woman. Yes. <laughs> It's been a long three weeks. If you look no, at Chris do, Evans... We do know you don't have the greatest memory for Captain America film. But I think that yeah, might be... I usually remember Chris Evans because America. of the jumper, you know? I like Chris Evans. I, yeah, I actively seek him out and things. Anyway, anyway, big dude. Lots of work. Years have gone into that. He's not turning up in a, in a bulk suit. I mean, it is a bit padded, I think. But it's still... I. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad they didn't... I know what you mean, and I like that the animated one... Mm-hmm had more solidity mm. to her. I like that. And I will take okay. that. Um, but I also know what you mean. Okay. This was perhaps my favourite that Hayley Atwell's been in the MCU. Yeah, and, I would and agree I, with I, that. Are you including Agent yeah. Carter? Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. And if we get more of this, I'll be very happy. Um, Same. I would mm. be happy with more of her. I would prefer season three of Agent Carter. I will say, I still feel like her outfit just doesn't work in, in the same way. Like it's just, it's just not it the same really thing. We also had Lashana Lynch Ooh. as uh, Maria Rambo, Captain Marvel, which was delightful yes, and a really nice Yay. bit of cameo. Like it's, it's just small. It's for those of us who Yay. want the details. And, Isn't it? and she was great as well because it was a perfect. It was exactly what you were thinking Maria would mm-hmm. be like if she mm-hmm. had yes. that additional level of the powers. Yeah. Because she, yes. she already had that confidence, but it just yeah. that bit more. The only thing with her was that I understand, you know, the whole purpose of this scene is that is to show how powerful Wanda is. But I did feel that Captain Marvel should have lasted a bit longer than, uh, well, any of them, but particularly than Captain Carter, given how overpowered Captain Marvel is. Yeah, you know, she's the one who yeah. went up against Thanos, you know, and then. And, Head butted and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But it did, but 
I still thought absolutely you want Wanda to mm. defeat her because the whole point is we're showing how powerful Wanda is. But I don't know, just a little bit longer. I really was expecting her to come out of the rubble until we got the arm. Because um, you can't just drop yeah. rocks on people. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know what the thing that's particularly annoying, especially annoying about that. And I nearly stood up in the cinema and just went, "Really?" Um, like that's how angry I was about it. She's Wanda's just demonstrated two ways that she could have got Captain Marvel. She could have turned Captain Marvel into spaghetti. Yeah. There's nothing Captain Marvel can Absolutely. do about becoming spaghetti. That would do for her. The other thing is, could also dream walk and like get her from behind because you're in another sequence. Mm. Could do that, didn't. Could. Dropped stuff could on just her. just block her nose and mouth holes. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a pretty good way to kill anyone. I, I don't think that works. No, I don't think that works. <laughs> I, I think Captain Marvel has has ways around that. I mean, this is, How this do you is think she breathes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, your eyes are connected to the whole enough. system. Zooming but... past this. No, no, this is this is the <laughs> hail we die on. <laughs> Go on, Laura. <laughs> but this this is one of the things with Wanda's powers. She can change reality. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't she just change reality so that she lives with her sons and everything's fine? <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> because it comes no, but but I mean that is kind of the point of WandaVision. Like she can do it, but she has to shape reality, and it comes at cost. Like she she can't just objectively change it because reality is affected by her. That's literally what WandaVision is, right? Like it's there are consequences for us when Wanda changes reality. Because in order to do so, you know, Equal she can't just change reality yeah. to go and mm, live okay. in a hut. Yes, there are consequences. I think they showed there are consequences when she shapes reality the way she did. But I think that she doesn't necessarily know how she's doing it. Like, it isn't... She's not sort of sitting there and sculpting it mm. out of clay. Like, it's Absolutely. it's not necessarily conscious, I think. But after having spent no. a load of time with the Darkhold, I would think... Yeah, but we're, we're blaming it all on the dark hole, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, that's the crux of the we're film, is it's made yeah. her evil. Oh, no. Anyway, so mm. obviously they're not going to do that mm-hmm. as a film because mm-hmm. that would be a crap film. Mm. But, you know, when you start thinking well, about it, it's kind of like, And then we had a oh Star Trek captain rocking up. I I did not expect to see I didn't Bolt. watch Inhumans. Someone tell me what's going on. I didn't. Oh, didn't. So I know the reference, just from keeping up with stuff in general, yeah. but but didn't see him. How does this tie in? Does this work? Is this a good fitting cameo for someone who watched it? Oh, it was a long time okay. ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the guy who played Black Up. Okay. <laughs> um, that's pretty much how it ties in. Do you know, there isn't really much. Um, he's in a different uh, outfit. He's in a different costume uh, because it's the comics one, I believe. Uh, he just wears black. He doesn't have the tuning fork okay. head thing, I don't think, from memory. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's in this so little. You know, he has the same powers from the Inhuman series. Um, but because, I don't I don't really remember him being... He was the leader, but I don't remember him being such a big thing of it because he can't mm. speak. Okay. And I think, I think maybe they did some signs, but I, it was... I think if they did it now, they probably would have done mm, ASL and being much yeah, yeah. more engaged with, with ASL. Um, but yeah, but I, I really wasn't expecting him turning up, I have to say. And he is and is played by Anson Mount, who is our captain from Star Trek Strange New Worlds. 
very delightful because there are not many Star Trek MCU crossovers. Weirdly, there aren't. Mm. Bendit Cumberbatch is kind of the one. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we need Chris Pine in this universe, just because we need him in every universe. (laughs) Anyway, who else have we got? got That that was the that was the Illuminati, and I just want to have a thing Mm. of. This is showing us an infinite multiverse of different options, and it doesn't show us one with Tilda Swinton still alive in it. This is a terrible movie, and no one should watch it. It was an option, it, right? and they ignored it. Mm. Yeah, but no. Especially because we have What If as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, just just a second longer, just a second longer for Patrick Stewart, because I think that that kind of... It was so lovely to see him, and I do love deeply Professor X as a character, and I felt very warmly towards the idea of him trying to really use his powers and, and to engage with that, and I felt like that it was so close, and I loved that that sequence, and it was that kind of, you know, like the wall or, you know, other things that do that white background sort of... Um, cut out version of things and I just I, I, oh, it was lovely to see him it was nice. lovely to engage with that character I've missed him and I thought the the sequence that he had with the wonders was mm. really good and it was scary when that's she, the one yeah. proper jump yeah mm. yeah she she comes from nowhere and breaks his neck mm-hmm. I mean oh that's mm. pretty full it's Patrick Stewart <laughs> <laughs> don't anyone told her <laughs> Um, and, right. and again, there's a slight disappointment there that it sets up this thing of, oh, Wanda's actually in there. And and maybe it's setting up that Wanda in there, Dream walks into herself or something, you know, again, something to come out and be, oh, my God, all this stuff I've done, I need to pay penance for it or do something. But Yeah. But it, it just, it feels like another, it feels like a cool scene mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. cash mm-hmm. out later on. Um. As you say, yeah, there could have been there could have been more consequences. There could have been more, and it starts to feel a little bit like what happens in this universe doesn't matter. Like these aren't real people. Like oh well, spaghetti lol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that is one of my fundamental problems with the mm-hmm. multiverse. Is I think in some ways it's great because so many more interesting stories and you know, there's so many things you can do, but to me it just removes the stakes because. I mean, it's bad enough in superhero things with people dying but not really dying. Or what have you. But if mm. it's you can just go to the store and you know multiverse store and get a new one. <sighs> is is it time to um, to bring into the discussion everything everywhere all at once briefly? Yes. Can I just just on the, before oh, we leave the Illuminati, mm. Reed Richards? Mm-hmm. What do we think of Krasinski? Is he going to come into the six one six as Reed Richards? And if what so, for? do we like him or not? Like, I, I don't, I don't really get him. <laughs> yeah, I when he was being talked about as fan casting, I was quite into the idea. I thought, yeah, no, no, I can see this. So I don't know if it's the way he played him or what, but he just this is meant to be the smartest man in the universe, isn't he, or something, or the planet at least. And he didn't come across that way to me. He came across as avuncular mm-hmm. dad. Which I yeah. don't think is what we're looking for. With looked like he was going to pop down B B and Q and do some, <laughs> you know, light DIY shopping. To, just what was he for? Fair, in the MCU, they have a lot of very smart people, 
and they all have different personalities. You know, Tony Stark yeah. is the sort of stereotypical, incredibly smart person because it gives me huge confidence and, and arrogance with it. But you have Mark Ruffalo, who is also supposed to be very smart, but who is kind of internal. And you have Shuri, who is, again, a very different character. And you have Rocket, who is a very different character. And then any others that we might mention. So so I, I think a Avuncular Dad is not necessarily a bad way to go, was have someone who is comfortable with it. And I will you know, appreciate it. I have no problem with super smart Avuncular Dad, but he just gave us a Avuncular right, okay. Dad. He didn't give us super smart. So if he'd also, had a blackboard I, with equations, I, we'd have yeah, got it. Basically. Okay. I don't, I don't know what board. his smartness is. What is his smartness? How many PhDs <laughs> How many does he have? Does he have, have more than seven and then he's allowed? Because as we know, that's how you measure smartness in the MCU. Volume of PhDs. <laughs> Written by somebody who surely does not have one. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I just, I, I don't know the character. I don't understand the character. I don't see why the character is there. I feel like I like John Krasinski conceptually, but yeah. I just, I'm if, not sure it, why. It, it, I also... <laughs> a little concerned for how the stretching is going to look on film okay. on screen it's a slightly crap power and it goes yeah, it goes weird I just think it's going to look comical mm. the... I mean even when she was turning spaghetti which is you know also the really bad end of things <laughs> when it comes to stretchiness um, it was a little bit comical looking then yeah so... and compared to the falling apart in, in sort of brick shapes that Thanos did yeah. and and some of the yeah. same stuff with the reality stone yeah, no, that's that's a, a fair shout. Yeah, because uh, is it Drax mm-hmm. that turns into ribbons? No, no, Some, uh, someone. Yeah, yeah, ribbons. Mm. Yeah, um, and that was you know that was really disturbing mm. when you saw that. Whereas this, where it was the stretchiness, I thought, oh, it worries me okay. a little bit for the Fantastic Four film. And uh, and was everything, everywhere, all at mm. once. Which is mm. a different film. And people come here expecting there to be spoilers on the film we're talking about. So we're going to talk about another yes, film. They do. And Laura's going to put in the notes. How far to skip ahead to skip any discussion of oh, everything Laura. Laura Laura once. Going to, apparently. <laughs> Laura's just going to do everything. The puppet master says that I will. So, yeah, no, I will. Um, put in. And as we don't have any adverts, you don't need to worry about the, about those, um, those timestamps moving. Abby. I, I think... The reason I want to bring it up is, you know, as many people have pointed out, you get no multiverse films and then suddenly you get two massive blockbuster ones. And I think it would be interesting to know what the makers of Doctor Strange thought when everything everywhere all at once pipped it to the release. And I think it was January it came out in America yeah. and obviously went from um, no one's heard about this to the biggest word of mouth film I think I, I can think of in recent yeah. years. Um and then I believe they came out here pretty much either the same week or within a fortnight mm. of each other. And they both take Zooming Through the, the Multiverse um, and run with it. And I think that what's particularly interesting in that circumstance is that sort of Doctor Strange takes it a little bit for granted. And obviously we've had the What If episode, which regular listeners will know that I loved, which did big and interesting things with the multiverse concept and really lent, I felt, into that. And then you've got everything ever all at once which also took the multiverse concept and really lent into that we were talking you know laura you said just now about how there isn't a lot of meaning in these multiverses so it takes the jeopardy away but i felt that everything ever all at once um did a good job of giving weight 
to some of its other universes and space. And when you've seen something that really sticks in that concept for several hours and then you watch Doctor Strange, for me, there was just, a, it, it, it didn't help it. Yeah, I did it the other way around. I did Doctor Strange and then everything, every all at once. Which needs some kind of acronym, but even the acronym isn't that easy to say. Yeah. 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 Um, and when I saw Doctor Strange, having not seen it, the other one, I was kind of like, oh, it's really cool. They go through all the different universes. And oh, that's really inventive. And then when you see everything everywhere all at once, you're like kind of, oh, wow, no, we're on a different mm-hmm. level now as far as mm-hmm. inventive is concerned. Oh, the adults are writing oh. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bit of a shame. Now. I've also, every single thing I've listened to about Doctor Strange has then talked about how it is, it is not as good as um, everything ever all at once. And they are very different types of films. Mm-hmm. Um, they are radically different. I also, for the record, didn't actually like everything oh, everywhere all at once very much. No, but that's a different conversation. Okay. Um, but I did like what it did with the multiverse concept. Yeah. And I think when you say about weight, that that was a really key part i really believed in those different mm-hmm. universes and we spent longer in them than than a lot of what doctor strange did with his but i think that's part of the problem you know we had that sequence of going through a load of really inventive mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. Of them ideas and then we i don't think we had enough universes after that you know where they spent a bit more time in them for the record everything everywhere all at once is probably one of my favorite films <laughs> of the year <laughs> Separate podcast. Yes. Separate podcast. Particularly as Maverick is one of the other ones. Oh, that's that's definitely a podcast, podcast that I feel, I, you know, we just took those two films and talked about the differences wow. we have in opinion between them. Oh, podcast um, bonus, anyone? Let's know. Yeah, that whole thing of skipping through different universes. Everything everywhere is perhaps the one time, maybe Spider-Verse as well, where it's been done really well to to integrate yeah. the differences because... Generally, the differences fall down once you start thinking about them. And and the thing is, it there's a universe where they're paint or something in in this, yeah. and then there was was mm. there a dinosaur one or something, and it's just yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it it doesn't quite tie together when you do that. It reminds me of in Inside Out, where they have the abstract machine, and there's a bit where they're turned 2D and they're turned into abstract shapes and you know and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And again, it sort of doesn't hold up when when you go into it. So so fine, it's it's in, an interesting side idea, but then you move on and you get back to your film. And I feel like they were doing the same thing in the MCU here, compared with everything everywhere, where they did it really well, where they said actually every universe does work. And we're going to give you moments to show that hey, this is how it can work. Hey, here's our 2001 reference for you or something, which which then allows you to have proper emotive moments and pieces from this comedy throwaway earlier. Yeah, I cared mm. about each of those universes, even the most ridiculous. Rocks and panatas and hot dog fingers and yeah. Oh my God, I cried like crazy over exactly, the rocks so. because it had been set up properly. So yes. it, it, is, it is really hard on this film to have come out yeah. against it although you know as, as much as two multiverse films and both looking at the same thing one is a massive blockbuster expected to make a billion and one is an indie film expected to make 50 to 100 million although it's probably going to do very well for itself through word of mouth um but i think they're targeting different audiences and doing different things so oh, completely mm. completely I, I agree I, I think the main thing i i 
came away from it thinking was, I think there is a capacity for multiverse films in, in the same way that I think there is a capacity for, for superhero mm-hmm. films sometimes. And I think that there's a ceiling on how much humans want to engage with the idea of the multiverse because, you know, sometimes one un- universe is, mm. is enough. <laughs> you know, one universe can be uh, so I, much. I, and I think having the multiverse in the MCU is where it's going to be a real problem. Because we've already had time travel, and they've gone, no, time travel doesn't exist outside of this film. We're not going to touch time travel again because that changes everything we do. And now we're mm. saying, actually, this whole different, you know, universes where you can address everything and find everything you want, and go over to that universe and get the time stone and bring it back so we can do stuff with it. One of the things I'm finding a bit strange about it, and again, I think it's great that some of the MCU doesn't necessarily cross over with the other bits, but having had Loki breaking all the time streams oh my god multiverse mm-hmm. then having had Spider-Man have a completely separate thing which I know Kevin Feige said oh well because what happened in Loki that's how it happened it was able to happen in No Way Home but I'm sorry you need to show me what the hell that link is and then we've got this multiverse for a completely different reasons to why they're able do you know it just feels like there probably should be some kind of linking between these mm. three things they're all within the same. Well, I suppose it's the the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse mm. now, and mm. and you are not at all explained to me how these things are working. No, and it has slightly moved away from being. You know, it's now it's the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. Mm. So you know, it's the it's the MCM, but it's not the same multiverse, is it? I, I don't know. It, mm. Well, that's what it did. Yeah, I mean, ostensibly it is, but when you have. Surely the capacity to tie it together or at least show how it ties together or at least kind of keep the strands in the same vague order. I think really, actually, to be fair, this film having a different multiversal story makes sense because this isn't the multiverse breaking. This is America Mm -hmm. Chavez Mm -hmm. hopping and the risk that it could Mm. break if, if Wanda gets hold of this power. Whereas, so I suppose actually it's more of a historic problem I have with the fact that Loki and, and I think they and No Way Home not being linked. Yeah, I think they've said that this only works because of what happened in Loki. That was the yeah he mm. said that, but they haven't really no, explained no. how. And you would hope Loki season two us gives us yeah, who knows. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Just just thinking on the cameos and things, there was a really interesting one where there was an actor in here where afterwards we were like. We've seen them in something. The the lady in Camotage who goes to Wong and then tries to take out Wanda from doing the spell and ends up dying there. Yeah. And we're like, we've seen them, but not in a film. We we just could not place it. Turns out Sheila Atim, who is the lead in Girl from the North Country for a very long time, which is one of the greatest stage ah. things I've ever seen. It's absolutely sublime, and she's one of the main people in it. It's like... Oh, of course it was. We saw that multiple times with her doing that. <laughs> so it was quite delightful. And there's been a couple of weird things like that. I can't remember if it was this or one of the TV shows. I think it was one of the TV shows we were talking about that had someone, again, from theatre doing something. And I wonder if this is, again, because it was in pandemic, so it was people who couldn't do theatre stuff, trying yeah. to get acting roles elsewhere. You know, the, the uh, And just like that, had mostly theatrical actors doing all the bit parts. So, yeah. Mm. That, in fact, her destroying the dark hole is something I wanted mm. to just. I was so annoyed 
as far as the writing I, I haven't had the same level of issues that you guys have had with the writing but this was one area where I did have an issue which was she sacrifices herself there and then two seconds later Wong gives up the fact that there's there's that um, Wanda can get access mm. to the dark hold information and it's because she slightly tortures mm. Uh, some of his pupils and okay he's not going to love that I don't think he's going to give up the dark hold for that and the thing is you don't need to have done that she could just have influenced his mind mm-hmm. to tell her and she had other ways of doing it so it felt like there was this kind of oh crap we need to we need to move over here now and it just felt I don't know I, I, I was quite frustrated by and, that. and you almost don't even need the evil there it's good because you get the monster fights and you get take it away from all the people mm-hmm. and so on but it could just be they can't destroy the dark hold, and when she then needs to, she can do a thing that destroys it across the multiverse. Yeah, she's the only one with America's help yeah. to do it, or so, you know something. Yeah. Um, and America does actually help her rather than um, rather than fight against her or something. Mm. But the evil lair. It was quite cool. Mm. The thing that I wanted to check was: <clears throat> isn't Wonder a Nexus being? Yeah, no. Yeah. Are we not? So we pick and choose. Yeah, I think that's just something they decided not to run with. But yeah, absolutely. Mm. But I, I suppose maybe if that was put in while they were isn't, still... Isn't that the point of why she's wandering every universe? Loki's not a no. Nexus being, so there's an alligator Loki, female Loki, and so on. Wanda is a Nexus being, which is why it's always... No, there's only Olsen. one of her. I, th- I thought Nexus being was more what America is. That okay. There was only mm, one yeah. of them. Not that all of their variants looked like them. I don't know because yeah. that's the way I think I'd sort of ratified it in my head was that it, it that's why mm. it's there's there's no alt of her. I can't remember what what phrase are we variants. Well, because Doctor Strange is that's fair. That's not fair. an alligator mm-hmm. of the ones we've seen. The ones seen. we've seen. The ones we've seen. <gasps> this is the worst. Some look like Tilda Swinton playing like an alligator or something. She could do it. You know, if anyone can, <laughs> she could do it. There's nothing <laughs> Tilda can't do. <laughs> should we, should this we was directed by Sam Raimi. Yes, did you did you notice? Could you was tell? <laughs> a little bit. It's just slightly more so than some of the other mm. Sam Raimi things. And can I? I am very proud. I was not scared at what? all, which what I don't think is necessarily a great. But you do. But Quanto. But I and I did. But I did recognise horror tropes from trailers that I've seen. <laughs> I've read about this in a no. book. <laughs> yes. From books I've read. No, I don't, I don't read books that are too scary. I read uh, Stephen King. No, books yeah. about yeah. things. Uh, yeah, no, there may, may have been a few Wikipedia articles I've read as to what's going on. Yeah. In fact, new podcast yeah. I'm listening to called um, Too Scary Didn't Watch or something like that. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Conceptually, I love yeah, it. Yeah, where a couple of scaredy cat people have someone explain Amazing. scary films to them. Which is really good because they they do all the noises that I would make <laughs> as if they're watching oh, it. But when they're I like it. Put idea. a link in the show notes and then I, then I'll follow yeah. it. Yeah, yes, um, please. And so I did I listen, listen to "Drag Me to Hell." That's mm-hmm, Raimi, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm. One, so, one yeah, of his so one of his Spider Man Returns. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Uh, so so yeah, I didn't see that in the cinema. That's weird. I did. I did do. Yeah. I, I think so. I remember that? I thought. It was, this is a, an impossible thing for them to do, really, is to do an MCU PG-13 mm. horror film. Because um, A Quiet Place was, what, 12A here, which I assume was P- PG-13 or something. And that was okay. scary, but they didn't show stuff. You couldn't have done scary, scary 
here because that was all about tension and, and, and building um, building atmosphere. And I, I was trying to think about why is it that I wasn't scared? Because absolutely things like um, her crawling out of the mirror a la ring. Mm-hmm. The ring. Ring. Ringo. Ring. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um then yeah that was that was creepy as hell but i wasn't scared i think there's two things one um it's marvel i know they're only gonna go so far with this stuff and two i don't think they did i think they dropped in tropes here and there um and and visual treats and what have you but there was only at one stage that i felt like they were actually trying to build the kind of tension that Mm -hmm. you get with a, a horror film and that was when they're um in the bunker not in the bunker sorry they're in the tunnels under the water um and there's that where is she thing but even that for some reason it didn't really i didn't feel that that built built the tension um so i was thinking it felt a bit like a kind of horror b movie where it's got the all of the facets of a horror but you're not actually scared by it i feel like the most frightening moment it's probably my favorite moment in the whole thing which is all because Elizabeth Olsen is majestic, but a, but a little bit the direction. And it's when she goes into the numbers, the other numbers, the other one, mm-hmm. the other wonder, you know, yeah. mum wonder. Um, <laughs> when when she when she goes into her, it kind of very slowly, and we sort of really see that. And she looks in the window, and it's Scarlet Witch, and and then she looks at the camera. That was scary. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I just love it. Oh, that's good. That's one of my favourite moments in any Marvel film because it is so good and Elizabeth Olsen is so good at it. I just Mm -hmm. didn't expect that. That is is a big treat and that is the kind of shot that you just Mm -hmm. can't have if you're not going to do something like this. Mm. And and I loved that shot. Really good. It's funny because I don't really think about the fact that they're not looking at the camera a lot of the time, you know, because they... Kind of, you know, we'd see mm. their faces facing towards the camera, but the difference there mm. when they actually could lock yeah. eyes with yeah. you. Mm. That that was very incredible, effective, very effective. Yeah, and so brief. Like that's, yeah. that's mm. absolutely expertly done. Mm. Like that's, and I think that it is things like that that show you that Sam Raimi does really know mm-hmm. that. Um, I found it. You know, that, those kind of kind of crimson peak esque demons yeah. at the end, like all like that was I. That was a bit odd. Mm. Like I, I wasn't a thousand percent on the CGI of those. It was just so sort of gloopy and weird, <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird rather than horror. I found the zombies pretty horrific. I don't mm. love a zombie. That was zombie strange. Great for me. Yeah, and and really they'd gone gone all in on that look. Yes, yeah, this is what I'm just really none of this affected me in the slightest. And Maybe you're fine no. with horror films. Yeah, we're not <laughs> <testing> <laughs> One of the things I, I do like about this, and I don't know how intentional it is, but we keep mentioning the What If series, mm. is mm. that this show sort of this film references basically every episode of What If, and 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 the marketing. It, does, it was interesting what you were saying about how you expected her to be the villain, um, because the advertising mm. was really trying to make it seem like she wasn't. Um, and yeah. trying to take us down another another part to the extent they were trying to say actually strange from what if the sorcerer strange supreme whatever, mm. whatever the yeah. sorcerer yeah. something um, sorcerer supreme. sinister supreme. sinister yeah. strange I think but he called. was going to be the antagonist something along those lines and 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 wasn't but we did get something leaning into that you know with with what we saw we had zombies mm. 
we, we had um, the fight with Captain Marvel, which had moments that reminded me of Thor and Captain Marvel fighting. We obviously had Peggy Carter. I think the only thing we didn't have was the whole T'Challa as Star-Lord Thanos thing, which I don't know how you mm. could have worked any of that in here. Yeah. Um, but it really did seem to be everything they could have put in somehow to lean from from what they've sort of came mm. in here as a little reward of you people who have watched all these other things will, will enjoy some of this and, and makes it feel connected. Um, so we even got the, the dragons that he mm-hmm. shoots out, mm-hmm. didn't we? At one mm. stage, which made me think, oh, so have you been absorbing yeah, how exactly. Yeah, 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 the, the, the eyeball fight was a bit like Shigugurath? Shigudubadu? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, but over, over and above that, the whole Sam Raimi thing, it's like they told mm. him to lean into it. I, I don't... Th- mm. There are very few other directors who have styles and techniques and shots and things they include. You know, your Bruce Campbells, your cars, your you know stuff mm. that he always goes... Cameras on the floor zooming towards things. They don't do it all the way through the film with the intensity of this. You know, Quentin Tarantino does not have some of the Tarantinoisms so heavy in his films. And... And yet here we are. It, I'm convinced someone said you can come on and do this, but you have to make it a Sam Raimi film. I imagine they did because they've been having all the criticism it, exactly for a long time, mm. haven't they? That they just bring in directors and then force them into the mm. house style. And I think with um, you know Ragnarok and then this, probably other ones mm. I'm not thinking of. Um, then I think that is uh, yeah push back against that. And it does make it more yeah because you reminded me of Eternals, where I didn't feel like I could see Chloe Zhao in it at all. Yeah. And this is completely the opposite end of the spectrum. I feel like I'm going to have to go and watch more of Chloe Zhao's work just because I like to turn off mm. so much and yeah. I, I want to see the, if there the are The writer is very good. But yeah, I I think it was quite bold to take this, you know, the first Marvel film we've had in a little while and have it be quite mm. so far up as it is. And like you were saying, Laurie, you know, I hope people didn't take their small children to see this. Well, you know they did because they always do. Um, and again, I, I wonder, like, d- is it accessible horror in, in that way? Yeah, it's scary, but mm-hmm. I think, I I wonder if it is just getting more and more palatable for children and young people. And I, I think if you're talking about, so yeah. in the UK we have our 12A, which these ones mm. are. Um, mm. And so I think if you're talking about a 12-year-old, I think, mm. Unless they're probably not me as a twelve-year-old, because me as a forty-two-year-old can't cope with this kind of stuff normally. Um, but you know, if you're talking about a twelve-year-old, then yeah, I think it, this is you know because you've got goosebumps, you've got you know. Th- I think this is this is sort of that step step beyond and, mm. and a sort of intro to horror. But I think one of the one of the problems is that it's twelve A because it's advisory, and so as long as they're with mm-hmm. an adult, you can take in mm-hmm. any age. And I remember seeing um, No Way, no, not No Way Home, uh, Far From Home at the mm. cinema. And in front of me, there were two little ones that were on booster seats. They were okay. so little. <laughs> and there's that scene where um, he's, uh, Mysterio is mm-hmm. making him mm-hmm. see things. And Tony comes out, or, or Iron Man comes out of the grave with like bugs coming over him and everything. And I then thought, oh my God, that is a lot for six-year-old okay. i think probably i was looking at and so the idea of this i mean that's a nightmare fodder for the time but we've, we've had what if as a primer 
you know, we've had cartoon zombies and how. And I, I feel like one of the things that Marvel is doing, and I think there are definitely arguments that it is for worse rather than for better, but it's a bit like what, you know, you know when Bond films are on at like two in the afternoon <laughs> and you're just like, really? <laughs> or, and they get very cut. Or, but but it's all still there, you know. It it is still a lot of people punching people and such like, and I feel like it's just kind of erasing some of those boundaries between what is and isn't suitable. Because when you dress it up with characters you know, and when you put it in this context of well, this is mm-hmm. part of this universe, it's not like you're going to watch Evil Dead Cold at one a.m. on Channel Four. Yeah. It's you know you're. <sighs> You're engaging with these things in a different way, and you're being handheld by characters that are mm-hmm. on lunchboxes. And, and um, d- delivery goes a very yeah. long way because one of the things that differentiates this, I think, Laura, from, from a, a proper horror, in capital P, capital H, is it's not sustained. Anytime it does happen, it's fairly brief. You know, the, the moments where they were building up the tension are not long, and also they're not dark. Or poorly lit and so on. They don't. They don't go. Whilst the trope is there, they don't go too far into it. Um, yeah. where, whereas you mm. know, if they did start sustaining some of this stuff, if it was, um, you were worried about characters for a longer time. That starts ramping up. And I've listened to um, podcasts from the censors, not censors, the film rating boards rather. Um, yeah. And they say that mm. it makes a big difference. Whether you know, if if we think someone's dead for most of a film and then they come back, that's very different than we think they're dead and then they come back in the next scene and it's all okay. Or we explain, yeah. you know, the, the sad thing that happened very quickly. It's more acceptable to children because children need to learn these things and accept yeah. um, in that way. So I think that's, you know, where this this film might get a pass. It's really hard because it, we, certainly I don't have kids, so I don't know, like, you know, my nephew is allowed to watch a, a large amount of things um, that we have different opinions on and is generally fine with it. I don't think he would say if he wasn't. I I certainly, I was too young to see Aliens when I saw Aliens. Sorry, Mum, if you're listening to this, but, but you did put it in front of me. And I was terrified of the aliens and things in dark corners for a very long time. But I have never told anyone up until this podcast, so hello, our audience. But because you wouldn't. Oh. You would, it would just live in the back of your mind for, for so on and so forth. So. Yeah. But what a, what a lovely point that is, is that kids don't often say mm. when things bother them. I mean, I've never been bothered by anything in my life as much as I've been bothered by <laughs> right. E.T., though. And that is a film with children in it. <laughs> it's got know, children um, in it. But, Can't be scary. But I think... I th- well, it's one of the, it is one of these things where I think Shining. things it's all about a kid. bother different kids, and I think that the older I get, and I, you know, I similarly don't have children and barely even know any children, so it really doesn't matter what I think about it. But regardless, what <laughs> I think about parents, it on this podcast, where I talk about what I think about it, <laughs> is like I, I, I think that the MCU is attempting vaguely to try and embrace all areas of, yeah. of cinema and so on. It is trying to blanket across these things and I will say that I thought it did quite a good job of of um of that and I guess if it is people's introduction to horror I would be interested to know where mm. they go after that yeah, and absolutely. how it works out but but I don't mind them having like here's this type of film and here's that type of film no, and I want to see I want more, more of types of no, film I more yeah of this, this I'm not saying either I think it's just that it's interesting to say oh, yeah. yeah no I agree um, and actually it's probably more that I think the censorship should be that it's 12a 
but not younger than eight or you know something like that which i think is their i think we, we should yeah be given eight, yeah but there isn't any Mm. Um, there's no law or, about or it. Or perhaps I think there should have been something because there's going to be a lot of parents bringing children to this that have no interest in seeing these films. They just, it's the next Marvel one. Mm-hmm. The kids want to go and see it. Who will have been lulled into a very false sense of security having seen Captain America and what have you. I mean, we're putting aside the fact that they're perfectly happy with people being shot and punched. But, you know, that's that's a different thing. But but that is the thing, though. Will, will, they, will they learn? <laughs> Because they'll still take them to the next one. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I that's got know. Thor's bottom in it. <laughs> has it? Sorry. Spoilers. It has. <laughs> has it? Oh, I couldn't, oh, I couldn't possibly. I don't remember. Obviously, that didn't. That didn't. No, you wouldn't have noticed. You would no, just, he, uh... he is unclothed for quite a long time in that scene. See, really? Mm. That's. Oh, good. Well, that's something to look forward to. I'm sorry, Matthew. Oh, I did say we weren't going to say anything. No, and I'm really sorry to our no. audience. We and might I'm want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, in my head that was a thing I hadn't seen because that was the big thing when the trailer came out. It's got Force Bottom in yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was a very. I watched the trailer and I don't remember that. That's I can't start not remembering things like that. That's no good. That's, I think the, I think I the idea that they that. objectify Chris Hemsworth in these films is not good. not going to be too much good. of a surprise to people. I'm fine with that. I I I think you know as long as objectification is fair. Uh, Abby, and you told us I'm your favourite thing, Laura. I would like to know if you have a favourite thing yes. from this. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen is my okay. favourite thing in pretty much everything she's in. Uh, and so what she managed to do with this, <clears throat> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I have to pick just one thing. Um, <laughs> oh, what she called? Uh, Christine's wedding dress. I thought it was stunning. Mm, okay. Nice, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's my one. Oh, I like mm. that. wasn't expecting that. <laughs> nice. Lovely. Her, her husband seemed nice. I quite like that he just seemed like a normal dude. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. My other one thing is then his um, strangest transformation Mm -hmm. when he jumps off the balcony and then Cloaky comes in. The the Cloaky, yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought that was very smooth. What about you? Um, I mean, we've not talked much about America because much as she's in this, Mm -hmm. there's not much to say, but Mm. I do like America. However, Mm -hmm. Zombie Strange and the Cloak of Demons delighted me as soon as you realized like what was coming there because because you know seeing the zombie thing was oh this is what they're gonna do okay that's gonna be cool when we get that fine um but then him flying over the cloak of demons and and uh, you know him being all confident and in control and so on i know quotes from the writer of you know we need to see him not win and so on but it's good to see your heroes win it's it's a good moment and i think that's one of the reasons why i came out of this like i really enjoyed that really good you know great stuff Mm. Quite because yeah, the the ending of it is really about really strong, and and you know again it's not kickiest kick that wins. Although, you know, arguably America's power is the thing, but but then it is a moment of emotion and con- connection that that yeah. changes the ending. It's not he has the best spell. So, speaking of best mm-hmm. spells and kickiest kick, um, just one quick one. What do you think of the music fight? <gasps> oh, I'd forgotten about the music fight. That's the moment where. I realised I was sat watching it with a giant grin on my face because I loved it so much. I was also watching that with a giant grin on my face. I looked at my wife and she had a giant grin on her face. And oh, we're both lovely. like, you know, Same. in wanting, <laughs> and we've said this so often, we want new things, we want different things. I know it's ridiculous mm. and they should just 
do spell fighty stuff, but that was so inventive and so different. And was. you know, at, at a time when I'm thinking a lot about music and music in films and, and so on for reasons, it was so good to have something so creative about music in a film. Loved it. Mm. Yes, I thought it was really creative. I when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that's oh my god, that's so cool. And then as it continued on, I was a bit kind of like. Yeah, this feels a bit gimmicky <laughs> because it makes no sense and to be spending the time creating the musical notes when they could just fire like a fireball or something. Brilliant. But I, I don't. So yeah. I suppose it took me out of it. Mm-hmm. But yes, and actually, you know, what I did love about it, which then brings us on to something else, is... um <laughs> segue over ending, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... It was it was actually the end of the film, I think, not a credit scene, but it felt like a credit scene. Um, when he's walking along and falls uh, walking along the street and then falls to the floor mm-hmm. with the eye appearing. And I love the fact mm. that they brought the music back then mm. from the from the music fight. Mm. Um and I, I don't know, that felt very effective. Yes, I agree. I thought that was impressive. And speaking of of the kind of eye mm. thing and the end of this film. Charlie's the one was also there. Charlie's the one who's just there. She's just there. Just just very briefly. Again, it's the thing of, you know, Wanda's the villain and he's the the hero. He goes through transformations where he grows a third eye and so on from the thing. Hers is just that she goes mad from using the dark hold. We don't know yet what that third eye means. But it seems to have come on because of him using the dark hold. No, absolutely. This is the consequence for the dark hold. Mm. But it might not just be that it's not the most aesthetically pleasing looking thing. This could be signs of him being corrupted. Okay. Mm. Uh, oh, but she, and, she had but none I, of that. And... Oh, no, I so, know. I know. So, yeah. so um, this third eye has various powers, includes showing the truth, replaying recent events, and seeing through disguises, mm. which might be very interesting when it comes to our scrolls in the future. Mm. The floor oh, recognizes uh... <laughs> jumping up and down. <laughs> no, just I remember that it's because Peg told me this so long ago because we saw this film so long ago, and I just suddenly remembered the fact that she told me, and I thought it was a good one, which I've been saving for this podcast, which we're finally recording. <laughs> um, his third eye is a, a montage of both of Benedict Cumberbatch's eyes, and she knows this because she has painted Benedict Cumberbatch many times and is extremely familiar with the details of his irises. And she said she can literally see where they have merged both of his eyes to create the third that, eye. That digitally. is a genuinely interesting fact. I yes. thought you would like and that. She there we go. Recognise that just from seeing it on the screen. She didn't like read that. Yeah, if you spend enough say, time. Oh, yeah, no, I no. Can see. no, she said it straight after we came out of the film. That's amazing. <laughs> but, it, it, yeah, but if you look at something in detail, and she's, I mean, she loves painting the eyes particularly, and if you see the pictures, mm. um, you'd know. Um, well, and if you're listening, go and have a look at the <laughs> 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 um, But it's, yeah, that, there's, he has a very specific, very slight kind of detail on, on one iris and the particular shape on, on the other. And she said it's, you can oh, really cool. see wow. how they've mm. done it. And I like mm. that. Not, not only do I like that she noticed, but I like that that, that detail was done. Um, and that's why, whilst it looks weird, it also works yeah. because it's literally his eyes. That's very cool. Nice, okay. nice. Well done, mm. Apex. Uh, the design classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. clearly. <laughs> I won't be linking to that one, but yes. Um, <laughs> so, Clea. Hmm. I'm very curious about her. Hmm. Not just because she's great makeup. Star. 
like cracking yeah, yeah makeup. i actually have got a link to just i love i'm gonna be doing that of them doing her eye makeup which is just gorgeous oh oh put that in the notes please yeah yep but yeah so i mean the only thing i'm starting to feel a bit with this is that i hope that they haven't just taken the the lesson from no way home is that just like casting people for the sake of the shock value of oh my god look who it is which i think one well, absolutely is the i'm trying to remember who's in mm. no way home who have i forgotten the two other spider-men oh the cameo stuff. oh okay. right oh okay yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but they'd already been Spider-Man. No, I know, but putting them in and this thing with, with her, just because it's I was wondering like, if it was from Eternals, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's, My big yeah. thing coming away from this was, <gasps> Jelly's Thrawn. Not, who's the purple woman? Right, do you know? right, I see, yeah. Whereas with Thanos, it was, who's the purple dude? It's not always having to be purple, obviously. Yeah. But do you know? Um, but yeah, so... it, it, I think you're it, exactly it really right. does feel like the end of Eternals with, with the singery dude Harry Styles yeah. walking Harry Styles, up. Styles, it, it's yeah. like... I don't know who the character was. I can't really remember what he said because people were Eros. were photographing him and filming him and talking over the top of it because the girls were me. Oh. I've said this before, but it was fascinating to watch. Um, but I... Like, yeah, if you're going to introduce an important character to do stuff, don't do it in a credit sequence. And, and, and yeah. Laura, that's a really good shout about it's just, look who we got in the MCU now. Yeah, I don't have any problem with them being flagged at the end of credit sequence because when Thanos was first flagged, I and I, you know, I mean, there's obviously some people immediately go, "Oh my god, it's Thanos!" I don't, I don't know, go and Google. But um, so I don't have a problem with that. But I think it's just this thing that I mean, I'm very excited that Charlize Theron's going to be in. I think uh, in the MCU, I think she's a fantastic mm. action star um, and brings so much more to it than just action. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm the little I've looked up on Clear. She sounds like a very interesting character and a real um, challenge to <clears throat> to Strange on many different le- levels. So I think that could be really interesting. But I think we are again going for the metrics mm-hmm. at, yeah. at this point. And, you know, I agree. It would be nice to have a credit scene that was of the impact of, of um, I know, here's this character rather than here's this mm-hmm. casting. Yeah. Um and, and I think there's a difference with Thanos because Thanos had been in the film earlier. We hadn't spoken to him or seen him, but we'd seen um, Loki speaking to the other who interpreted for Thanos, who then speaks to Thanos at the end. Mm. And then we knew that Thanos was coming and there was going to be... Then there were other hints of Thanos through further films later on. This, this, oh, this isn't going to be... They're, they're not going to do that with Cleo and with Eros. They're going to do... And now they're in the next film, and the next film has them as a major character. Yeah, and, and and you're absolutely. It was really good when it was hints and threads of something else that we, that we need to know about, but not necessarily. Here's this character. Do you know what I think my favourites were were when Nick Fury turns up, oh, yeah. right, in other things, and I just I love that because like, oh, you're going to be an Avenger, and I don't even <laughs> really care about it. But it was just cool when he would turn up, and you'd be like, oh, Samuel L. Jackson's come to get you, like a Pokemon. It's really cool. <laughs> Like you'd be so happy for oh, yeah. them that they were going to be the, in the more end of, things. I think I, Iron Man Two, where Coulson turn, has disappeared off halfway mm. through the film and turns up and is looking at me on there. Like, okay, that's quite a nice setup. That was know, cool. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. Some of this is perhaps because we now know it all, and it's it, it's not got the same sense of discovery. But could they not have had the end credits for this setting up something that's coming in Guardians Three in a year or two, or? 
it's it's just this is I now setting like, up something else yeah. for Doctor Strange to do, and yeah, Doctor Strange yeah, setting up Thor Ragnarok was really nice. Yeah, and I feel like especially after we've just discussed seeing them ruin a Doctor Strange credit mm-hmm. setup, how frustrating in a way because I don't trust them to to deliver. You know, mm. it, what what it's going to be is the next one opens with Charlotte's Theron throwing him back in and going, "Great, well that was a good adventure." <laughs> Off we go. Him back in. <laughs> going to be it isn't it and like you know you'll have to hope eventually that someone does a a tv series telling you about their adventures i think something with the credit scenes that i'm finding i i preferred is when it did set up the next film Mm -hmm. Mm. whereas now and again it's the through line that we still haven't had paid off Mm -hmm. so i mean the shang chi we haven't had paid off yet well that's because we haven't had guardians 3 yeah right so why were we setting up guardians 3 in yeah, so it should yeah. because they used to be separate. But I mean, mm-hmm. if you think yeah. back, we've and we've pulled them. Mind you, that together, that's also the film that has four credit sequences. Expecting. So yeah, yeah but also, I think Guardians Three would have come out a lot sooner if it weren't for it um, Gun being sacked. True, and and, and yes, having so. to take a break for Endgame because everyone, all the franchise yeah. series had to stop for it. Um, yeah. So yeah, <sighs> originally Guardians Three was supposed to come out pretty soon right. after Guardians okay. 2 so I think yeah it would have been quite different but but it's still true that we are expected to hold these things um, and then sometimes they're just I I suppose maybe not everything should be a massive payoff but like you say sometimes the end credits were the through line um, yeah I think it's when the, they were the through line back. that's what it mm. felt mm. it was the, the bit to get you excited for the next film mm. this is this is now the next film in this series which is coming yeah, in four years. Yeah, so many different, yeah, yeah. different ones. And there's the Star Fox or whatever it's called. Black Widow. That that was um, setting up Yelena and yeah, um, mm. yeah. Louise Dreyfus. Mm. Yes, Seriously. yeah. Mm. 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 But, I yeah. but again, we've had problems because everything's gone out of the wrong order, hasn't it? With with mm. COVID, so I suppose you can blame some of that on that. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to. Sh- mm. uh, Shelley's, I think she'll be a fantastic addition, Agreed. assuming she's Agreed. well enough. And I think maybe that is just kind of bringing it all back together. Um, the A list are here. Mm. You know, we've talked about sort of uh, people in the other TV series mm-hmm. that we talked about. Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah. Oscar Isaac and, and Ethan Hawke. And other, other yeah, major actors on, turning up in films this weekend. Yes. <laughs> It's, yeah, there there are plenty of the A list are finally here in Marvel, so you know, it's it's really happening. Angelina, it's, it's here, like that so um, the thing coming. Amazon, you know, theorizing that they're going to run out of workers at some point as they churn through the American workforce. <laughs> <laughs> like a Marvel's going to run out of major A list actors. They they it's have to do like other films that aren't their own, or Disney have to do other films that aren't their own films, so they make. Stars to stars come across and, and do that, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's why they're going to have to do a school series mm. soon, just to mm. have some children to work with. Because well, I mean, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. You look at her, Disney have basically made her, yeah, because she's been in so many films for them and so many different roles, um, and every time been wonderful. So, mm. yeah, I'm hoping we get her back mm. in the Black Panther. Oh, I hope so. I'll do something. She's so the, good. It was the only reason mm. she wasn't in Endgame. I think she was in a stage show. Okay. See, so she could, could have been. Do it yeah, she Seems could rock like up in anything. Reason. As a, as anything. a that Every, character yeah, no, could be in any of them. So. Really would 
like Nakia. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. But actually, maybe, maybe just super fast. Maybe that is something else I would like is to have some of these other characters from the universe be enmeshed mm. a bit more as well. Um, well, and to finish on America, because mm-hmm. I feel like she really doesn't really get much out of no. being in this. Where will we see her next? Do in we think? in do Junior we Avengers, I would imagine. That's that's the likeliest thing. And 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 mm. it, it circling, circling back to your comment about metrics. It is the thing mm. of now we interview the audience on the way out. What do you think of this character? And no one quite appealed with or stuck with some of the junior characters they've introduced. So they're going to keep doing the main characters rather than giving people a chance to shine. You know, oh, we put her in a Doctor mm. Strange film, but no one really remembered her. It's like, well, but you had so much in there and so much that didn't work in other ways. And, you know, that's hardly mm. a fair thing. As a comparison, when before. Disney bought Star Wars, and Star Wars was was essentially a, a book series that continued, and there were several books written every year. They couldn't get away from writing Luke, Leia, and Han stories. They just couldn't yeah. stop it. And they, they invented whole new generations to do their own thing and go off and do stuff. And for whatever reason, the, the feedback they got was they weren't as appealing, and they kept churning out Luke, Leia, and Han stories. And it's, you know, actually give people a chance to go and do the stuff. Make, make the Junior Avengers film series, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, um, give them the space mm, to actually. Yeah. And don't have it. Shine. Oh, and they, they're being overseen by Hawkeye, Doctor Strange, someone, um, something like that. Which is which is the easy way to do it. You know, that Batman's training the Junior Justice League or something. No, just have them on their own. Just give us Teen Titans or something. So yeah, hmm. it's really it's weird that we haven't had the standalone young series yet. Like they can't quite work we out. Must be on the precipice because I think yeah. these Must big be. announcements are supposedly are coming as to where mm. Phase Four and Five mm. are going. I assume they're going to be announced then. I wonder if maybe in our next podcast we'll find more things to talk about on that front. Yeah. Possibly so. Talking of which, um, you may have noticed a slight absence of Ms. Marvel podcasts in your feed um we are not ignoring her at all we are very much enjoying no. well i'm very much enjoying the series mm, we'll you find don't out you dare talk. speak to me mm-hmm. <laughs> spoilers <laughs> then um we've just had some real life things that have got in the way of the holidays and covids and, and what have you and so far i have had neither of those and i'm rather hoping i get the holiday and not the covid um, <laughs> I would recommend <laughs> the holiday and not the So we, we will be looking at Ms. Marvel, but when the series completes, we'll do a, a series um, long podcast instead. Ms. Marvel Bonanza. Yes. I think, I think the, the core from us is go and watch it. It's recommended. Oh, do go and, and watch we'll, it, yeah. We'll discuss it in detail. So th- thank you very much for joining us and listening to our, all our thoughts on this Doctor Strange Takedown podcast. Uh, Laura and Abby, thank you very much for joining us. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm at Laura Geeks Out. And I'm at this AE Sure. If you have your own thoughts, if you disagree, or if you agree, or if you have other things you wanted to raise about this and other Marvel projects, you can find us anywhere on the internet. We are at Eloquent Gushing. And do look out for our Ms. Marvel show coming very, very soon to your feeds. Marvellous. Marvellous.